I used to be a very timid, negative thinker and people pleaser. Then my relationship with God changed all that around. Now I have this podcast called The Essence of Life, where I share with people about various aspects of life. For example, your health, finances, personal development, your relationships, and of course, your spirituality. And just how you can balance all of these things together to live the abundantly blessed and balanced life that Jesus came for you to live. John 10.10 tells us, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that you can have life and to live it to the full and to enjoy it. If you would like to know more about this podcast, please subscribe for more content on living the abundantly balanced life. Sebo, sounds good. God bless you. This is Prophet T.R. Grant and you are listening to the Essence of Life podcast. Hi, Essence listeners, it's me again, Ali Grant, here with another episode, and I am excited about this one because I feel like it's gonna bring a lot of clarity to what has been causing us quite a lot of confusion. And the great thing about this is it's actually a whole chapter in my book called The Essence of Life Got Them and Me. You should definitely grab a copy if you haven't gotten one yet. It's on Amazon for just about $9 and a few cents. Okay, and if you are in Antigua, you can get a signed copy from me for another reasonable price. Okay, so be sure to contact me to grab a copy of my latest book. So in the second chapter of my book, and as you know, I cover the topic of relationships and all of that. So in that second chapter, I share about four types of godly relationships. Now, I was at church today and... God was just ministering to me as my husband was preaching. God was ministering to me and he was telling me, he gave me the question, what type of love are you giving or what type of love are you engaged in? And I was like, what? This is interesting because based on these four types of love, if we don't understand them and how we should be engaging in them and how we should be giving of ourselves in them, we are loving each other wrongly and if we are loving each other wrongly there's a very strong possibility that you're causing problems that you don't need to be causing in your life so i'm gonna basically go through these four types of godly relationships these four types of love according to the bible and i'm gonna try my best to sort of debunk each one a little further like i did in my book And I'm going to try to help you to understand how you should go about sharing each one of them. Now, why would I want to teach you something like that? Okay, and I'm going to say this to you. I'm going to give you a little bit of a confession. Uh, Before I met my husband, like a few years before I met my husband, all of that. I had a crush on the bishop, the bishop of our, our church. And it was just something about him. Every time he walked into the room or he walked to our workplace or he walked into the church, he just had this powerful presence about him. And I just liked it. You know, I liked it and I was just like, oh my goodness, but I cannot I cannot feel like that about him because he's a Catholic bishop. 
and these men don't get married so why am i having a crush on this person but it was just something about his presence and i'm not saying that i thought of him in a sexual way but i was developing a liking for him that was not the type of liking i was supposed to have towards a bishop so acknowledging my feelings i actually went and sat with him and i confessed and i said to him i i need you to help me with this because i don't want it to be something that is going to be hindering my relationship with god and i felt like confessing it putting it out in the open was one of the ways to defeat it which it did because he spoke to me and he was like well you know it cannot go any further and you know we had a very good discussion about it and i was like yes then i was able to make peace with the whole situation so i'm saying this to say that some of us are engaging in uh feelings and love towards different types of people in our life that could cause us harm that could be the reason for some of our problems all right it's just like someone falling in a relationship for a married man or a married woman uh god would not send you somebody else's husband nor would he send you somebody else's wife get over yourself okay shut that down shut it down cancel it don't entertain it okay and that is something that we need to be able to do we need to nip these kind of things in the bud so i just want to go through the four types of love that i cover and i hope that after going through it and sharing it with you that you will be able to understand a little deeper how these types of love are going to be expressed by us in a healthy manner and how is it that we can actually you know show it to others in an important way and in the right way Okay so this is the aim of this episode. So the first one and the most important one of course, the one of highest regard, the one that is above every other one. It's called agape love. And this is the type of love that we share in God. In 1 John chapter 4 it gives a very good outline of that and again I highlight I I tried to summarize that scripture in my book but I couldn't like it was so significant how that type of love was explained. that I had no choice but to put most of the scripture in my book. Okay, so we can learn about it. We also know of John 3:16, which is a little bit easier when it talks about God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, you shall not perish but you will have everlasting life. Like who loves somebody to the point where they want to give up their life for that person? Think about it. Think about yourself right now. Is there anybody in your life that you would just easily want to give up your life for? And we're not talking about your kids. If you would think about your child, okay? So God was the one who did that, and we call His love agape love. Now God's love, as it is outlined in First John chapter four, tells us that He is the very essence of love itself. So love actually is God, and God is love. And first John explains that first John chapter 4 explains that deep and tells us the only way we as human beings as the creations and children of God could actually love is because he first loved us is because he is the love that we have as an example the only way if you don't know God whatever it is you think that you're playing called love it that is not it And yes, I'm saying that bold and brazen facely. If that is even a word, I'm saying it boldly because it's the truth. We can only love because he first loved us. All right? Now I want to highlight a scripture Mark chapter 12 verse 13. Now when it comes to a loving God, because remember the question is what type of love are you engaging in and how are you doing it? How are you giving it? When it comes to loving God, because we know God loves us, 
There is no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt. If we ever need assurance about one being in this entire universe that loves us, we can know and rest assured that that's going to be God. It doesn't even matter what we've done, where we've been, who we have been with and done things with, God loves us. Because again, he's the unending supply of love itself. So we know for a fact that God holds his end of the bargain. We will always, always have love. However, my question to us is, are we giving unto God the love that he's giving unto us? Are we loving God in the right way? Because a lot of us say we love God, but then that's like a, a, a declaration with our mouth and our actions give a contrary declaration. So if we truly love God, then it should not be a doubt for even ourselves. So in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. It didn't say some. It didn't say 99.9%. It said with everything. You ought to love God with everything. Now, I want to explain this to you because you might be asking me, what does that even mean with everything? Like, how am I going to love God? Listen, when I entered into a relationship with God, when I renewed my covenant with God to be his child, I asked him to teach me how to love. I said, you take my heart. I want you to have it. Don't even let me love my own child that you may bless me with later down the line more than you. I don't want to love my husband more than you. I don't even want to love my own child that came from within me, from within my bosom more than you. And those were my prayers because I wanted God to be first. He's my first love. Remember, I cannot love unless I love God first, unless I understand who God is first. So I cannot truly love unless I'm at that point. So I needed him to show me how to love him in that manner. What does that mean? God comes first in your life. In every aspect of your life, God comes first. And that's why Paul tells us that when we are fasting, we can do it separately. We can go. That's the only time you have permission to separate yourself from your husband as a wife or a wife as a husband is for you to be able to go into fasting and praying and spending quality time with you alone and God. As much as you should love and honor your husband and your wife, God must come first. God must come first. Now, what that may look like for you, it will be different in different situations. I can share with you some of my examples. Okay. So, for example, if my husband, let's say I'm doing my morning devotion. And this has happened, you know, or if I'm praying, I'm doing some, some reading or something like that. And my husband comes and says, honey, I need you to do something for me. I'll be like looking at him like all confused. I'll be like, wait, babe, do you not see me? reading my scripture like do you not see me spending time with god <laughs> yeah i do that with him because i want him to understand look god it's god's time now and whatever you need i'm gonna do it for you i'm not saying i won't do it but i need you to let me have that time with god first and then we can do whatever it is that you want me to do you come after Okay, even he preaches that as well. He preaches that it's God first, then your family, then your ministry. So he understands that when I remind him, babe, I'm, I'm, it's, it's between me and God now. So when I'm finished, it's all you. 
<laughs> All right? And this is something I want us to understand. God comes first. So the question to you is, are you loving God in the manner that Mark describes it in Mark chapter 12 verse 13? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And let me tell you something. If you are loving God in this way, there is nothing that's going to come between you and God. When you make up your mind that it's going to be God and it's going to be God first, nobody could pluck you out of his hands because you're giving him your all and he's giving you your all. Can you imagine that type of relationship, that type of closeness as he continues to draw you onto himself? And you continue to yield to that. And, and you just soak in his presence and you draw from him. So, what type of love are you giving unto God? Are you sharing his love with, with other things in your life? Have you? Do you say you're a child of God but you haven't broken up with the other things that are hindering him? And his relationship with you in your life? So when the other thing, that other thing, uh-huh, you know what I'm talking about calls you then you'll be like oh i gotta do this first and then god after i'm gonna give you a quick story because some people might say okay because you're a pastor's wife you have to be a church rat so you have no other choice but before i became a pastor's wife i would religiously go to church on a sunday so i was studying and, and doing my bachelor's degree and um i had an assignment that was due the sunday evening so i was like i ain't gonna go to church today i'm gonna leave church out because I need to finish this assignment. Do you know what God said to me? And I know it was God because ain't nobody else telling me that. God said to me, you had six days in the week. I stood there. I watched you. I let you do everything you wanted to do for those six days. And one time that you're making an hour to come and spend in my presence with the brethren, you are telling me that you're not going to go. Listen, I've never felt so guilty in my life. Now, God wasn't trying to condemn me. He was trying to teach me agape love. He gives unto me and I need to return my all unto him. God deserves. He deserves everything that we can offer. Because even in our everything, it still cannot be enough to give or to repay God for what he is and how he takes care of us in our lives. So your all is all that's enough. 50% is not going to be enough. Not even 99.9% .9 is going to be enough. Everything we must give unto God. And that's the first type of love. The second one is Eros love, which is also romantic love. And that's the type of love I share with my husband. And that's the type of love you share with wives and, and boyfriends and girlfriends and courting before you get to that stage. Oh, it's important for us to understand this one. I, I love this one a lot because God opened my eyes about this scripture recently when he was teaching me about this type of love. Now we know that type of love that you feel towards your husband and your wife is not that type of love you're going to feel towards God. Yes, there's intimacy in God, but you're not going to feel like you want to have sex with God, right? I'm just saying, I'm just going to be raw and real. So this type of love has a slight variation there. Okay, that romantic and erotic aspect of it is to be shared between you and your spouse. So listen to this. In Ephesians 5, 22 through to 33, Paul outlines what that type of love means. Because a lot of marriages right now, my husband and I, we counsel couples, you know, who are married and some who are about to be married and all of that good stuff. We counsel couples from all walks of life and it hurts my 
my heart to see the pain that marriages are going through that people are so afraid to show that they could love because they're scared that it's not going to work that's how bad it is and i want us to understand that if we truly love our spouses as we were instructed by the principles of god to do so oh this is good then that fear would not be there because the scripture says thank you holy spirit perfect love casts out all fear and you can find that again in first john chapter 4 god's perfect love casts out all fear so if you are in god and you're giving him your all and he's giving you his all then you are quite capable of loving your spouse in the manner that he wants you to do so and here's what it says wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the lord so again if you're a wife and you do not know how to submit to God, you ain't, you ain't never going to know how to submit to your husband. Listen, I used to be an independent chick, okay? When my husband met me, I was changing my tires for myself. That that's, that's the level I was at. If my car broke down, I had the wisdom to know which part in my car needed to fix based on the noise I was hearing going on under that thing. <laughs> so I had gotten to a place where I, I was so broken from relationships. I was like, I could do things for myself. I had my job. I could accomplish things for myself. I could be in places by myself. I didn't need that. Okay. But when I got into, into God and he began to deposit his love into me, he taught me that if you are going to be married, this is not how it's going to work with your little independent self. Okay. It doesn't mean that I don't do things for myself still, that I'm not a still a go-getter, I still don't get things done. But now I'm sharing that in a space that requires me to do what? Submit myself unto my husband as I do to the Lord. Now I want to confess to you, I'm still working on this, but I've come a long way from whence I was. <laughs> okay? For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. You're going to ask me, Natisha, how am I supposed to submit to my husband? Do I just walk with my head bowed down and grant his every move and desire? No, it's to respect him. The key here is to respect and honor your husband as if it were unto God. Respect your husband enough to value his opinion. Respect your husband enough to value his input in the things that you're doing. To be like, okay, babe, do I, what do you think about this? Respect and honor your husband enough so that you could say to him, um, it's not like you're saying, I need permission per se, but it's like you are giving him the authority over the action that you're about to take. I'll give you an example. I work with my husband in ministry. Uh, it's still my husband's church. I am his wife and, and I work in partnership with him. But just because it's it's his church and now I'm, I'm his wife, so it's our church, doesn't mean I just go around making decisions and doing everything without consulting with my husband, without consulting with my king. Come on, ladies. If God will entrust you with a man over your life, then it's, it's only fair that you do that part, which is what God is asking. So how are you loving your husband? Do you think that you're above him so you don't need to, you know, you're more intelligent, you went to school, he did not, whatever. So you think that you don't value his opinion enough and you don't treat him with enough respect, ladies? No, that's not what we're being asked and told to do. 
This is not something you're just doing unto your husband. You are doing it unto God. So when God is looking at you disrespecting your husband, when God is looking at you not honoring your husband, then you're wondering why is God not answering your prayer and your marriage is not being blessed. It's because you are being disrespectful and you are not honoring your husband. You are not holding your end of the bargain. You are not submitting to the principle that God gave you in Ephesians chapter 5. Now, this is the wives section. Let's get to the husband's part because the husbands have the most difficult jobs. And that's why as wives, we must continuously pray for our husbands. So it said, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to for her. Gave himself up for her. Somebody hold me. <laughs> Listen, all we have to do, ladies, is submit. Okay, it might sound like it's hard, but I'm telling you, God gave the husbands a task because Christ gave his life up for the church. Do you know what that means? Do you know what it means to sacrifice your own flesh and blood for a people that don't even like you, people who curse you and spat on you and shouted to crucify you? And now God is asking husbands to do the same thing to their wives. Let me tell you why he said that. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. You're doing it so you could make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. By the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. This is how the church should be. And this is what the husband does when he loves the wife right. Ladies, when he loves you right. Mm. This is what's going to happen. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. The husbands have a task, I'm telling you. He who loves his wife loves himself. This is powerful. And if you're just, you know, trying to figure out if you think I lost you there, I'm, I'm explaining Eros love which is romantic love shared between husbands and wives. And the scriptural reference that, she, that helps us here is Ephesians 5, 22 to 23. Now, if you're trying to figure out what, did, what does it mean to love? Oh, please just check that love chapter. First Corinthians chapter 13. Check out the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not keep a record of wrong, ladies. I know we like to do it. Keep a record of the wrongs and bring it back up and throw it in their faces. Uh-uh. Let sleeping dogs lie, like my husband liked to say. Do you share that type of love with your spouse? Do you share that type of love with the person that you're now dating, courting, and are intending to marry? Are you single? You're not seeing any money, anybody. But are you prepared to share that type of love? Because unless you are prepared to share that type of love, you're not ready to be married. I'm going to tell you this. Some days you're not even going to like your spouse. But you got to love them. You still have to submit to them. You still got to love them like Christ loved the church and gave up his life for them. So, something to think about. The next type of love I looked at in my book, which is also scriptural, is storge, which is aka familiar love. Now, the scriptural reference I pulled out for that one is 
Exodus 20 verse 12. There are other scriptures talking about that. But that's the type of love that you share with parents. So parents and children, that type of familial love. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. <laughs> now, there was an apostle who visited our church years ago. I think it's before COVID. So it's a few years now. And he said... You must honor your father and your mother, even if your father is a deadbeat dad. <laughs> I was like, what did he just say? Yeah, because when God is talking about love, he's not going around and be like, okay, I will love this one. I won't love that one. I will love this one. My love is only for this one, but my love is not for that one. No. He's the very essence of love itself. His love is available to you. It's up to you if you wish to receive it and accept it into your life and your heart. But his love is available to you. So when he said that, it made sense. And he's, his argument was this. He's like, you're not doing it for them. They walked out on you. They didn't pay your school fee. They, they embarrassed you. They probably punished you. Like Joyce Meyer's dad molested her for years. And her, her mother didn't want to fight for her. And it has become her message. It has become her entire ministry. This is important for us to understand. That God is asking us to do. So my question to you is. And if you were hurt by a parent, significant, this is significant, especially if you were hurt by a parent of yours, are you still honoring them? And honoring doesn't mean that you're bowing at their feet, kissing their toes and, you know, whether it's stinky or not. <laughs> but it means that you, you still hold them as the parent in your life. Because whether you like it or not, if they didn't come together, you wouldn't be here. And as much as they may have allowed you to be here in very difficult circumstances... You're still here. And as long as you're still here, you're listening to me, you're alive, there's hope. And God wants you to get this because it's important. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. God wants you to be blessed. If you want to be blessed, you must honor your mother and your father. Honor them. Hold them in regard as your parents, whatever they may have done. That's between them and God. And I have an episode on this called Don't switch because they pitched and I, I know i have other episodes about this type of forgiveness and all of these things just scroll through the list you'll find it okay i need you to understand i'm gonna give you another another part of my life my life story my father is a very primitive parent what does that mean um i won't tell you my age but my father is in his 80s okay my father is in his 80s and i'm still a pretty young chick <laughs> So he had me, you know, in his late years. And um, I remember when I knew myself telling my dad that I loved him, my dad would say to me, many happy returns. Yeah. I'll be saying, daddy, I love you. Or love you, daddy. And he would say, oh, many happy returns. Or he'll say, oh, thank you. <laughs> now, my dad is not the perfect person. My dad was in an adulterous relationship with my mom for years, years. And he had children before that. And they didn't like him. They just, they just, you know, they didn't honor him because he was not, you know, in their lives like he should be. He didn't provide for them. He wasn't a father to them. But what I found out is my father left home as the first child of his mother or father, mother and father's, maybe 10 or 12 kids at a very young age to go help to work to take care of the others. 
So what can when you're a child and you have to leave home to help to take care of everybody else, what do you even know about love? When did you get a chance to, to know and understand love? But because my mom introduced me to what pure love really was, I bless my mom's heart. She's such a loving human being. And I can give her credit for that for sure. We may not have had a lot growing up, but we were rich, rich, rich in love. And we still pretty much are because of our mom. She filled that gap as much as she could. And my mom taught me love and because she did and, and it was the love of God that was in me. I continued to tell my father that I loved him. I continued to speak love over him. I continued to show him that I love. I continued to do my best to be there for him and I still continue to do it. And sometimes I feel like I'm still not doing enough for him. That's how much I want to show him and honor him. And I'm happy to say that after some time doing that, now my dad, when I say to my dad, I love you. My dad tells me, I love you too. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> this is a testimony for me because I know where it's coming from in his heart. Sometimes he doesn't even wait for me to tell him when he knows the conversation is about to end. He tells me, I love you, baby. And then he even tells me, I love your husband too. And I love your daughter. Do you understand what this means? This is what God wants us to do. That we can be so consumed by the love of God that the ones around us who do not understand it and the ones around us who do not know it, it can become like an infection into them and then they will in turn begin to emulate that love back onto us. See, that's the problem with us. None of us are willing to, to be the one to be the bigger person. None of us are willing to go the extra mile for the other one. We know better than somebody. They're not doing as we expect them to do. We just leave them out in the in loop and we move on with all that. Oh, they're not good enough or they're not getting there and we lose patience with them. Love is patient. Love is kind. Let's remember that. So that's familiar love. That's your love that you share within your immediate family that you're born into and all of that good stuff. And then the fourth type of love is filial love. It is actually said that Philadelphia, the state in the US, got its name from that. That's interesting. So, what is familial brotherly love? What does that mean? What does that emulate? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the second part of Mark chapter 12 verse 31. So we did verse 30 to tell us how we should love God, which is with everything. And now after we have loved God with everything, like I just said, his love begins to fill us. So now we can in turn love ourselves. Don't miss it. Don't miss that part. The second of the command, the greatest commandment that God gave is to love your neighbor as yourself. So when you begin to love God, God teaches you how to love you. And then you can in turn love your neighbor, your brother, your sister as you love yourself. And it's just like it said earlier, when as the husbands to love their wives, he said, he who loves his wife loves himself. So if you love yourself, you will love your neighbor. You will know how to love your neighbor. You will know how to love your brother and your sister. All right. This is the type of love that centers around care. You, you're looking out for your family. You're looking out for people in your community. You respect people. You know, you don't just go cursing people off with bad words and things like that. Even on your jobs and, and so forth. You show a lot of compassion because this is what God wants. You there's a song that we used to sing way back when. If you see your brother falling by the road, just stop and say, you know, you're going the wrong way or something like that. It, it was just a song that, that taught us that if you see this is happening with your brother or your sister, you do something about it. 
you show compassion, you show care, you show respect, and you establish a connection amongst each other. The early Christians, the first people who were in relationship with God, who began to understand what it was, they sold everything they had and they brought and collected everything they had and they created this space, this community, this togetherness. And this is the type of love that the children of God are supposed to emulate. People who are not children of God, who are not children of the light yet, and I'm saying yet, supposed to see how we are treating each other with love, care, compassion, and respect. And because we are doing that, they're going to want to say, I want what you have. I want to be a part of this community. Again, it can only happen if we allow the love of God to flow in us and through us. So we have again the four types of love. And as I've gone through each one, I'm just going to ask you again, what type of love are you engaging in? What type of love are you giving? If you are a part of a church, if you are a part of a community, if you are a part of a family, are you loving them in the way that God has required you to do in that light? Are you loving your family or your parents the way that God requires of you? Are you loving your neighbor as you love yourself? What you don't want for yourself, you should want it for your neighbor. And, and I like to talk about that in reference to business. And I've said this before when I talk about the finance section of this podcast and even again in my book. If you see your friend starting a business or if you see your friend trying to advance in, in their job or in their business, you help them. You help them. And it doesn't mean that they're obligated to help you back. But if you help them and then they help you, can you imagine how great that would be and how much adv more advancement would take place amongst you? And then you'll be able to brag and say, oh, I have a friend in high places. I have a friend over there in this high place that I can call in for a favor every now and then. So you build that bond and you build that relationship. What type of love are you engaging in? I have shared the four key types of love. They are recognized in the Bible. We started with agape love. Then we look at eros love, which is romantic love shared between a husband and a wife. Then we look at storge familiar love, which is the love that you share with your parents in that family light. And then we have filial brotherly love. How are you extending these various types of love? in your life how are you engaging in it are you confusing one for the other are you giving god brotherly love in, instead of giving him your all are you honoring your parents whether or not you think they deserve to be honored or not and yes you could say i'm not talking to my mama i'm not talking to my dad or i'm not visiting them or whatever it is but is that what god is requiring of you is that the type of love that he's asking you to engage in? Is that the type of love he's asking you to give? These are some of the things that God wants us to, 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 to answer. And that's why he gave me the question while at church today. So I pray and hope that this episode blesses you. I know it's going to bless you. And I thank God for choosing me to be the one to share it with you. I want to encourage you. Share these podcast episodes. There are people who are out there who need the love of God in their life. They need the word of God in their life. They need inspiration. They need motivation. They need encouragement. And you know that this podcast is about this. So please share it with someone. If it, even if it's one person, even if it's just one person, share it with them and say, hey, listen to this. Take some notes, apply it and allow it to come full and bring forth fruit in your life. 
God bless you. And thank you so much for continually listening to this podcast. And I pray again that it blesses you. See you next time. And don't forget to connect with me on Spotify. Leave me a reply on the bottom of this episode. Just click reply. Type in what you would like to say. I'll be happy to hear from you. Say bye. Sounds good. Thank you.